Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Things Out Loud, your source for all the digital expertise your business needs. I'm Tim Peter. This is episode 410 of The Big Show, and I think we've got a really cool episode for you today. As I noted on last week's show, artificial intelligence won't just be a cool buzzword this year. It's not enough to be thinking about AI. Instead, it's how you're going to put AI to work that will matter. And few sales and marketing channels are going to be affected by AI more than email. We all rely on it every day to connect with our customers. So I'm thrilled that this episode of Thinks Out Loud features a conversation I had with Scott Cohen, the Vice President of Marketing Strategy for Inbox Army. Scott is an award-winning email marketer, a sought-after speaker, webinar, and podcast guest, and he's spoken at events like the Email Insider Summit, the Email Evolution Conference, Email Innovations Summit, Etail West, and more. As Scott notes, he's pressed the send button a few thousand too many times to be anything other than frank about what email marketers need to do, both today and in the future. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Scott Cohen of Inbox Army. Starting right now. Scott Cohen, welcome to Think Sound Loud. Thanks so much for joining the show. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. It, it is very much my pleasure. You work in one of my favorite areas of marketing, uh, one of my favorite areas of digital marketing. I, I have always referred to email as the forgotten social network. You know, it's just <laughs> this incredibly powerful tool that I think has existed for so long in digital, gets overlooked a lot. Uh, so I'm just thrilled you're here. We're finally giving it some of the attention that it deserves. Uh, where do you think we're headed with email marketing? I mean, there's a lot of change going on right now. So what do you see? Well, going back to your quick point on the forgotten social channel, you know, I've heard it called the original social media channel. Sure, sure. I call it the offensive lineman of, of marketing, right? Where it, pa <laughs> it paves the way for everything to work. I love that. But you only talk about it when something goes wrong, right? Like I love that. Was, you always, when you know, I'm a big American football fan. And, you know, it's, yep. um, you know, they always say you don't want to mention an offensive lineman's name throughout the entire game. <laughs> and if you don't, it means they had a great game. Right. So absolutely. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, I feel like COVID changed that a bit. Like it put email kind of back on the map because I mean, how many emails did you get that go, God, I signed up for that. How long ago? Or did I ever sign up for that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Your sure. stores are closed. We get it. Uh, but right. in terms of where we're going, you know, I think that, and, and this is not just true for email, but for a lot of channels, it's marketing's getting harder and more expensive, right? So, yep. you know, on the email side, 2024, we've got a lot going on. We've got, um, on the good side, I think for email, cookies are going away, right? I mean, it's going to start yep. in January and at like, I think Google says like 1% and then they're hopefully going to get all the way up to... Um, you know, by Q3, Q4, you know, the full cookie deletion. I'll be surprised if it takes, if it goes that quickly. I think, um, yeah. you know, it's just simply because I don't think Google knows how much of their revenue is dependent on it. And that's why they're doing 1%, <laughs> right. right? That's right. why they're doing 1%. Right. right. Um, Absolutely. So we'll see. Um, and, but it could also mean that it's going to be yet another walled garden, 
right? Of, of yeah, just getting sure. into that piece. Uh, you've got AI, which, you know, buzzword bingo, word of the day, word of the year, whatever. <laughs> but I think we, we are really headed into, you know, finally use being usable in a, in a functional way. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I, and I wrote about this on LinkedIn a bit ago and I was at a conference a, a, a little while ago where, you know, a brand gave a really great case study on how they've built this huge library of basically components. Right. And yep. then they're letting AI learn on the library mm-hmm. that's human driven, human designed, human written, and then making decisions from there on what to modify, how to optimize, who gets what message, et cetera, et cetera. And they're clearly ahead of the curve. You know, I think there's yeah. a lot of people, I mean, most people are still going, oh yeah, I use AI every day, but it's, I went into chat GPT to give me some ideas for subject lines or, you know, and, which by <laughs> right. the way, it's great. Oh yeah. If you sure. are just completely, Absolutely. if you're, I mean, I come from a copywriting background. I would have loved to have like prompt starters, right? You know, 15 Absolutely. years ago. Oh my yeah. God. It would have been great. Uh, but I think that's where we're headed in terms, you know, I, I wrote in my LinkedIn post, we're, we're headed to the age of prompt engineers and um, tile creators in quotation marks. Like we're going to be creating, yep. it's not going to be full email builds that much anymore. It's going to be, and it's a huge lift up front, right? To build a content library. But mm-hmm. once you have that and it gets smart and then the smart people will test human built versus AI built to see if AI is worth, you know, if that juice is worth the squeeze. And you're not, you shouldn't yep. just jump yep. head first because- I've seen full things written with no human hands on it. And you're like, and it shows, right? And it shows. And you hope that, you know, my big concern is the, the race for mediocrity, right? That that there's going to be, and there's going to be a lot of companies out there that are like, that's good enough. Right. It's fine. Well, well, and what I would hope is true, you know, is first of all, I agree with everything you said. So let's just start there. But you know, what I would hope is true is that hopefully the people are doing that are the ones who today are just terrible at it, right? So good enough is a step up from where they are right now. <laughs> what I, what I, <laughs> yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope it doesn't hope, bring yes. the top down, right? right. Um, you know, I, what, what concerns me and what I think is interesting, and I'd love to hear your take on this, is this idea that um, A, Average won't be good enough, right? Because the average is going to get better. If the bottom half suddenly comes up to what is today average, then obviously the average shifts up. Um, The flip side is you get, you know, AI spam filters. You get AI content filters. You look at the things like Outlook is doing. You know, are we just going to have AI is trying to figure out how to get past AI gatekeepers? And, you know, it's just a a bot talking to a bot at some point. Or or am I I completely off base on this, right? You're not wrong. Um, You know, (laughs) the extent extent will be hard to know until it really starts happening, right? When we have... Sure. Yep. The, 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 what's the expression? I welcome our robot overlords, but, you know, <laughs> it, but you know, I'd rather robot fight robot versus, versus robot fight me. Um, yeah, but sure, I think sure. that, you know, the, the challenge that email marketers will, will, and, and marketers as a whole will, will, will fight is, can we now get better? What's, what's the, like, like you said, if we are, if everyone gets to average, yeah, then, yeah the human value is going to be getting better than average. And I don't think right. that's ever going to go away. Right. I think that, right. you know, 
it, it just won't. But I think that you, you mentioned, you know, the, the AI filters and things like another big thing for next year will be, I mean, it's February 1st or the, the new Yahoo and Google Gmail changes come into effect. Right? Yeah, for absolutely. You know, they're yeah. raising the bar in terms of authentication and raising the bar in terms, well, I guess you could say lowering the percentage, but raising the bar of allowable yeah. spam complaint rates. Right. So, yeah. You know, sure. and, and what we used to look at is kind of a, well, depending on your list makeup, that's not the worst spam complaint rate you're ever going to have. You're going to get hit pretty hard. Right. So it's, yeah, which I think is good, but I think that privacy and deliverability are the two hardest things that we run into, right? You're losing cookies. So we're losing, you're going to lose third party data, which makes first party data that much more important, which makes email that much more important because we're the stewards of that kind of data. Yeah. And then, but then they're going, okay, let's move the goalposts on that side too. Like we want you to right. be able to email people, right. but now we're going to make it harder to email people. So right. It's, well, it's a thing. It, it's it's a good thing that Google doesn't make its money from ads or something, or we'd think they'd have an ulterior motive there. Yeah. Oh wait, I did. I said that out loud. You didn't say that. I want to be very <laughs> fair there. Um, so, but given that, you know, if if that's the reality we're heading towards. Obviously, the best way to to have that not be a problem, I would think, is for customers to, you know, actively subscribe or to make sure they don't hit that mm-hmm. spam button or things along those lines. So, you know, what can what can marketers do? What can email marketers do to get customers to want our email? This is going to be a very broad answer, <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's we one don't like word. to give, but it's but it's one word and it's valid, please, right? So it is. Yep. Why answering, it's always what's in it for me. Why should I sign up? Right. So, you know, I had a a buddy of mine do a poll the other day and he's asking like, why do you sign up for emails? And, you know, it was was like information, discounts, blah, 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 blah. And it was like 90% of people said discounts. And I said, of course. Right. I mean, any savvy shopper is, I mean, the way that we've done email over the years, savvy shoppers, one, if they see an ad they like from social or whatever, and then they go, oh, let me go sign up for their email and see if I get a discount. Yeah, sure. Or they'll go, well, I didn't get it there, but let me abandon a cart and wait a bit, right? Yeah, right, right. I have, you know, one of the things I have in my head from years ago, one of my bosses said, Scott, people don't buy from you till they think they're screwing you. (laughs) And, you know, I sat there and I thought, that's a really cynical way to think about things. Damn it. It's true. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it's, and it may not, and that may not be a financial necessarily screwing you. Right. But it could be like, there's no way that you could possibly do this. I've got to, I I have one over on you. Right. Or you're solving a problem for me and now I get to be better at it or whatever it might be. So it's too good a deal, too good a value. Right. 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 I mean, and and then you get, and and the irony is that in some cases, like if you're too cheap for something, people won't buy from you anyway. Oh yeah. Well, if it's that cheap, it can't be good. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But it's, it's the value piece, right? So the value could be like, and obviously it all depends on, business model. Like, are you doing discounts to get people in the fold? Are you trying to, you know, I keep thinking about like the printer and the ink model, right? You don't make money on the printer, but you make a crap ton of money on the yeah. ink. Yeah. You don't make money on the ink till you sell the printer. So, yeah. you know, right. there's, so it's like that there's value props there. Value could be 
education, it could be mm -hmm. problem solving, it could be any number of those things. And how you get people to sign up and do that is you are providing that value, right? So yeah. it's yeah. maybe it's the product that the product it answers a question or solves a problem. And then it's like, hey, we can help you get this product just a little easier or a little yeah. cheaper or whatever it is. And you just get, I mean, my, my philosophy is just get people on the list, right? Just get them on right. the list somehow. Because right. if they run away and they haven't signed up, then you're hoping you can retarget them and paid advertising, which while valuable is a hell of a lot more expensive than getting somebody on your list and sending email. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. We we had a client uh, some time ago where uh, we had a conversation with them. And the first thing they said was, we don't like email. Um, and I said, why not? And they said, well, because because we make so much less on every email we send. And so we went through their entire email inventory. And we looked at every And you're, you're making a face for those of you who can't see Scott right now. You know, he's got this curious look on his face. We looked at their emails and every email was 35% off, 40% off, 45% yeah. off. And I was like, we think we've discovered the reason why you're not making much money on email, right? And you're taking a very efficient, very inexpensive channel and making it very expensive and very much to your point, trading it for a more expensive channel in most yep. cases. Yeah. So the, it's an interesting point you raise about how do you translate value into content? How do you translate value into things beyond just the discount. Obviously, there's going to be places where you're going to have to be price conscious and you're going to have to highlight yep. that price is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. But it can't just be that, right? But it's a it's a branding thing, right? So there's there's right. there's two sides right. of it. There's the margin protection, which is like if you're in 35%, yep. 40% off all the time, people, and then you're doing that all the time and you back off, people are going to wait till you come back to it, right? Oh, yeah, and sure, then sure. if you've been doing discounts for, and there's always sort of the short-term pain, long-term long term gain. So I had a client years ago that they didn't want to do a small discount in the welcome because they didn't yep. want to be known as a company that did discounts. And for three weeks of the month, we wouldn't do discounts. Then they would be like, oh no, we haven't made sales. <laughs> so let's do a sale. And huh. then magically, all this revenue showed up, but then they reverted. And it's like, you've now trained your people to wait. Absolutely. So it's either you can do it smaller all the time, or you can not do it at all, but then you have to be right. okay with the short-term pain. Because eventually, your right. customers are going to go, oh, I guess they don't do that anymore. And then you have new people come in that have never known them to be that way. So right. it's... And that's also a big challenge, right? Because, you know, cash flow is king. You got to keep the doors open. Absolutely. But if you don't want to hurt your margin or want to be known as that, then, but you've been that way, there's always that transition period. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. Um, if you don't mind, I want to come back to this concept of AI content libraries. You know, yeah. you're talking about you're talking about these AI content libraries and the like, and how how companies are starting to use these as a way to lever themselves up and get more effective or the like. Can you talk more about that? Do you see that as a trend? Is this just a short term thing until AIs get better at writing the overall email? I mean, where do you think we're going with that? I mean, eventually AI is going to be able to do more, but I think you have to train your own engine, right? Like you don't want to mm -hmm. go out and train Chat GPT on yep. your company, right? You're going to have yep. to figure out how to kind of, I don't know if it's white labeling or building your own, but you're going to have to have your own AI mind learn and you're going to have to feed it the information, right? And then because yep. if it doesn't, AI is only as good, it's the garbage in, garbage out philosophy, right? It's only as good as what you put in it. 
Absolutely. So, sure. And, it, sure. and it, without more inputs, it's not going to get better. You know, and right. it, it can, you know, I would assume self-learn over time of, hey, you've given us this, but we tried this and that's better. So we're going to try more of that kind of thing. But those mm-hmm. language processors need things to work off of. So I don't see it right. as a trend necessarily or not a, not as a fluke. Let's put it that way. It's definitely a trend. Yep. I think we're all yep. shifting in that. I think, I mean, other channels are going to do that too. I imagine like paid social and display and stuff. They're going to want to start doing that kind of stuff too. And those formats, you say, okay, we're going to do this, spit it out in 15 formats, right? Um, yeah. All the various yep. sizes for those things. I think the savvy marketers will learn how to work with it. Right. And learn how to guide it. Like I said, those prompt engineers, right. We're going to. Yeah. Right. Cause you can go to chat GPT and be like, write me 10 subject lines about <laughs> Costco. Right. And they'll go, yeah, well, what sure. do we know about sure. Costco? And they'll start writing sure. some stuff out. Um, but yeah, you don't, yeah, it's especially for the company. There's a lot of companies out there and believe me, we work with them all the time who, you know, everybody thinks they have the secret sauce. Well, AI really could be. Right. That. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But only if you build it yourself, only if you use it yourself and you're not leveraging inputs from, you know, 1500 other 15,000 other people that are not even in your space. Now that makes total sense. That makes total sense. How, how do you think email marketers can prepare for this change or for the changes you see? Cause you've talked about a bunch of different stuff here, right? Cookies going away. We're talking about the changes that are coming to Google and Yahoo. We're talking to people building content libraries. We're talking about how do we get customers to want us in the like, you know, yeah. how can, how can marketers prepare better for that, for those realities? I wouldn't even say that reality cause it's a big Right. right. It's a big yeah. ball yeah. Of, of string all tangled up, you know, but, I mean, but what can they do? I mean, first off, and I think I was listening to a couple of your previous shows and, and you said it pretty well, like the AI is not going to take your job. People that use AI will. Right. So adopt that mentality of this is a value add to my job and my job security. And then you just need to get reps, right? You just need to, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think you said it was like experience is something you need, but you can't have it at the time or something. Like <laughs> it's, I mean, I, the battle scars, right? I mean, you and I yeah, have been doing this sure. for a long time. Why do we know not to do that? Cause we've been burned. Cause we've so, been, cause we have scars. We made that Scott. mistake. Yes. We made that mistake. So, but, and, and emails also, I think there's, you know, a lot of times when we we meet with clients, you know, it's the foundational stuff they don't have. So like even foundations of testing, right? AI is going to make testing in vast quantities easier, right? Because oh, yeah. if yeah. you want to do like right now, it's if you really want to learn, you should be doing one variable A-B test. Make sure you have enough volume that you get statistical significance but if you're somebody who has millions of people on your list, you can do a ton of things. So like the brand that yeah. gave that great example I mentioned, they said they ran 750 versions of email yeah. over Black Friday. Yep. Yeah. Because a because they built the library and then AI could go, oh, you know, the Frankenstein. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They could do all yep. that yep. stuff. So right, all the recipes. And 750 versions human built just doesn't scale. Right. So you have to think absolutely. about how does it make now, my counter argument is how the hell do you know what worked at 750 right. versions, right? right? If you want right. it to be repeatable, right. but if the engine 
the brain, the AI brain's doing the learning then. And that's where a lot of we, we see, like when I look at data, a lot of the usage right now is really on the analytics pieces, right? Yep. The predictive yep. analytics, the learning, it's going to start f- much more deeply filtering into the day-to-day work as we go. Yeah. And that's just something yeah. that, you know, if you need buy-in, whatever you need to do, I mean, dabble in chat GPT or what's, um, there's a few others that are really good for content like, in particular. Like uh, Anthropics Claude. Yeah, uh, Claude. Or, yes, that's uh, the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. um, it's like everything else. You just have to, you just have to get reps and yeah, be, yep. and then, and the big thing there is embrace failure too. Yep. Cause of all the tests I've run in my life as a professional, maybe 5% have won. Yeah. Right. Right. 90% sure. are flat, right? Like usually yep, that's right. You don't get, you don't get winners. You don't get losers very often. You rarely get home runs. So it really becomes more of a process piece. And yeah, uh, that's right. Continual learning piece. That makes total sense. By the way, uh, points to you for increasing our listenership by at least one. So thank you for that uh, and proving it by actually <laughs> quoting back some things from the episode. So that's great. That's fantastic. So, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. You are obviously now with Inbox Army. Tell us a little bit about Inbox Army. What are they about? Yeah, we're a full-service email marketing agency, so we are vendor-neutral. We work with clients across, you know, 25 different industries, right? And um, 40 different ES, you know, ESPs, email service providers, you know? So it's it's a very, you know, we really are strong on the production side. I like to call us a GSD agency, right? We get... stuff done. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> and that, but that's really where, where we, uh, we shine, right? We enable companies to get their emails, their automations, bill all this stuff out the door so that their people can focus strong on strategy and program growth. So that's, that's what we do in a nutshell. And, and I'll give you an opportunity to say this again at the end, but where can people find you? Oh, well, me personally, you find me on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com com slash in slash Scott Cohen 13, but the company, it's really simple. Inboxarmy.com. Perfect. That's great. Awesome. So how did you get into this? How did you get into <laughs> becoming like an email guy? Nobody goes to school for what, what I do. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I went to school, started as a music major and then about two months in went, you know what? I want to enjoy college. And yeah, yeah. cause you know, love music, but it is, it is your life, like your entire life. And I'm like, I'm going to spend my four years in college in one building in like four rooms. I'm going to go crazy. Um, so, (laughs) you know, I, I went over into, and I'm from the East coast originally. And so I went to James Madison university, Dukes, um, (laughs) and switched over to corporate communications, which as I called it was as close as I could get to advertising without being a business major. Because yep, I didn't, sure. I didn't want to, you know, do accounting and economics and all yeah, that fun stuff. Yeah, sure, um, sure. <laughs> so I started uh, life as a copywriter. Really did the, you know, small agency thing and was writing. I mean, this is how old you know I, I am. I I've, every year I'm like, well, how am I getting older? And my references just start going straight over people's heads. Um, but yeah, I, it, teach, I teach, I teach some college classes, by the way, let me tell you, that'll, that'll, 
Oh, that'll, that'll teach lo- you real fast. You know, my, uh, my kids will do that too. They'll be like, "What?" Okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, copywriting. So TV, radio. Um, I was writing ads for you know local car dealers and law offices and real estate agents and you know like I was saying earlier, reps, trial by fire, six to ten scripts yeah, a day, sure. right? Just because it was a production oh, wow. house, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was an agency that did the media buys, but then also did, you know, all the filming and everything. We were, I mean, I was writing things for, we called them info discs, where you would burn them on CD-ROM and it was like an interactive oh, thing wow, off a of CD-ROM. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My kids were like, what's a CD? But uh, <laughs> so I did that and I was working for Western Governors University as a copywriter and I was writing you know, the monthly newsletter and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. among everything else, you know, the brochures and website copy and all that. And my boss one day came to me and he said, Hey, you're writing the newsletters. Why don't you just do them? And I went, yeah. Okay, sure. And this was 2008, late 2008. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he said, why don't you pick a conference to go to? You know, we, we had this in-house CRM system that is was really sophisticated for the time, but they never thought to build in things like tracking. Um, oh, sure. Trivial. So it was like, hey, it. we probably need to upgrade <laughs> our, our system, you know, to get things like that. And once you go to a show and I found, um, it was February of 2009, I found the email evolution conference put on by the email experience council. And I was like, well, let me just go there and just met some of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life. The amazing thing about the email industry, and if you know your listeners are, are email people but not you know, involved in the industry, they need to get involved. It's just, yeah, yeah. you have competitors that help people out, right? Yeah, and it's, yeah. just, it's just so great. And so it was, hey, you're on, you should get on Twitter. We have a lot of conversations on Twitter about email. And this was, you know, fail whale days, but not dumpster fire days, right? Yeah, sure. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you remember the old fail whale, right? We're like, oh, I guess Twitter's oh, down. Oh, very again. much so. It was yeah, like Michael yeah, Jackson sure. died and it was down for like a week, I feel like. I um, remember that distinctly. Yeah. yeah. So I just started getting involved in the conversations and I just fell in love with it, right? It was the combination of the art that I had from copywriting yeah. with, I mean, I'm no scientist by any means, but I could actually see results. Yeah. Right. And so, right. you know, you couldn't really see that from television, but, you know, because OTT didn't exist back then. Right. So. No, sure. Right. You know, you didn't. TV was like you hoped people showed up or you hope people told yep. you that they heard a, ra- a radio yep. spot, you know, stuff like that. So it was I could sit there and go, I did that. I did that. I did that. Yeah, and so that's yeah. really where and it kind of just blossomed from there. And ever since then, email has been a part of or all of my job. And so yep. it's like, like I said, nobody goes to school. I mean, literally I've taught some email one one like a class during a semester, right? Like, Hey, we're doing yeah, a, yeah. Uh, uh, one class on uh, email. We're going to do another one on this. Could you come be a guest speaker? Right. And so, yeah, sure, sure. Again, that offensive lineman sort of thing, that forgotten channel, like we're not, the channel's been around for f- what, almost 50 years now as in some shape or form. And sure, sure. I mean, if you go back, if you go back to the original direct marketing, right? I mean, email takes off from what catalogs did, what, yeah. what uh, you know, postcards did, and things like that. So you know, there's it's like we've gone full circle. Practice here, like yeah, full circle yeah. because direct mail is back. Yeah, I know, crazy, right? 
Yeah, because people are like, oh, God, email. Oh, look, I got something in my mailbox. This is awesome. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's, it's that, you know, and I, I've done that. Where people go, or, is direct mail really back? I'm like, if you do it smart, yeah. Sure. It, it really yeah. is. So yeah. It's, so so to that to that end, you know, um, yeah, there's there's two things in there you said that I kind of want to drill down on just for a moment. You know, um, I, I we're, we don't have a ton of time left. I, I always try to be respectful of your time, but I want to be uh, two things you brought up. One, you talked about the monthly newsletter that you were doing back in 2008. Is the monthly newsletter dead in 2024? Should people still be doing a monthly newsletter, or is there a smarter way to do that? Uh, I think for the most part it is. And the only reason I say that is it's not enough anymore. So because if you think about it, I mean, and it really does depend. I mean, there are some, there's some brands where I think you can get away with it. Right. You know, like for example, I, I have, I was talking to a client where, you know, they have like, it's like a national organization and then they have franchises and so the national organization oh, yeah, sure. is really more of like a top level, here's new things, right? But like the meat of the marketing happens at the franchise level, right? Yep. So yep. in that case, something monthly with maybe some other things interspersed for like, hey, happy holidays or, you know, seasonally, if it's if there's something seasonal that really makes sense as an addition, that's great. Because you're not, like, it's just more keeping people apprised. Even then, I would argue... Like typically we do no less than two per month for our clients, right? Simply because there's branding value to just being in the inbox. Yeah, sure. I I mean, I ran, I pulled numbers on that a few lives ago where I went, all right, give me everyone who got an email last week and converted any channel. Don't care about last touch attribution. Just they converted in any channel within 48 hours of receiving the email and then tell me whether they opened or didn't open. Yep. And, f- and this yep. was back when open rates were a bit more accurate. This is pre iOS 15 when, yeah, you know, sure. I, when right. mail privacy protection came in and everything went up. Right. Um, yep. But yep. it was 40% of the revenue from those customers came from non openers. Yeah. And yeah. so I went, there's value in being there. Right. Yeah. It's, it's sure. sort of like, you know, display there's, you know, there's some value in just being visible. Right. There's, it's, there's nothing. I'm an email guy and I'm like, there's nothing in in a vacuum. Right. Like I want to get, but I also know that they may see my thing. They may see yours. They may see your thing. Then come back to my email. People are weird. Right. I mean, we used to send the same same email every week and people wouldn't react to the one they got yesterday. They'd react to the one they got six months ago. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sitting there like, what is going on here? <laughs> but yeah, it, but you know, the, the, it, so there's that, like I said, there's that branding value and then you're competing. I mean, the competition for inbox just mindshare is fierce, right? So mm-hmm. if you're not showing up occasionally, you, you only have one shot. Yeah. Right? And so right. it's, it's, it's about having that shot to just grab attention. And, you know, and if you're, and there are some people like some of my, my clients that the newsletter is the product. Sure. And oh so yeah. Sure. If you're only doing that once. Yeah. You're missing out on a lot. 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's a really, really good point, right? Because you want to get multiple bites of the apple there, right? right. Or, or, or multiple swings of the bat, I suppose, yeah. is another way to think about it. Right, that makes sense. If you only get one pitch, you're going to strike out an awful lot. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, I don't have a well-formulated question here. I was just thinking about this. You know, we've been okay. talking about email a lot. I know you've also done uh, a lot of work with SMS. Where, what, what's the deal with SMS? Where, where's, where does that fall in the hierarchy, right? Or what's going on there? So SMS, and, and I think you, to borrow from what you said earlier about the clients that we don't like email, I hate SMS personally. <laughs> But damn it, Not it works. Not the answer I was expecting. No, no, okay, no. Go on. But yeah, damn yeah, it, yeah. It works. So, okay. So you have to. So you have to think about it in terms of level of intent from customers, right? So, yep. When you yep. sign up for email, as a human being, you can go. I can come back to that later, right? I don't have to yep. look at it right when it comes in. Oh. SMS is interruptive. So yeah. for someone to opt in, they are willing to let you interrupt them. Right. Yeah. This is so much more intrusive. So there's now there's a cost component to, to SMS sure. that email sure. doesn't have. Right. Email has been getting cheaper yep. over the years. And um, SMS, as I learned through my trial by fire at a, in a previous life that, you know, you pay what you have to pay to the provider of the tool and then you have to pay basically the same price for fees, right? For so, fees and messaging. Yeah, and then sure. if you do images, it's four times that. Oh, sure, sure. So like if somebody sends you an image, realize, and then t text as well, they're paying for the image, and then they're also paying for the text. And then there's text cost per 160 characters. So, you know, in my previous life, I came in and said, why are we sending a novel? You know, like that. I'm like, do you yeah, realize sure, how expensive sure. this thing is? Yeah, so, yeah. Now, in some cases, the ROI is there, right? Go, yeah, we yeah, do this, right, but right. it, you know, the average order value from this is, you know, X amount of dollars, so it pays for itself. Yeah. In tandem, I think they work really well. SMS is great for customer experience, customer support. SMS, in terms of, you know, breaking through for Black Friday, probably does really well. Right. Because, yep. Yep. you know, and, and, and what you find is one, the, the, I think the companies that struggle maybe is if when they require email and SMS in signups, right. It should be yep. get email and offer them SMS, but don't require it. Right. Yeah, and then you can always point. come back to that. But I mean, SMS works. And it's, it's well, scary how well it works, but like the convert, I'll give you an example, the conversion rate. Please. Yeah, please. Um, at a previous life we ran it and you know, about 35% of people who signed up for email also signed up for SMS, but their conversion rate was three X. Wow. Just email alone. So again, that higher wow. level of intent, like they are more, yeah. they are more ready yeah. to go because like, yeah, I know I yeah. want to get SMS about this type of stuff. Well, it, 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 it strikes me as, you know, people who, uh, you know, sorry, this is something I think about a lot where the customer has told you they have self-selected that they actually care a ton, right? So mm -hmm. they want the big red button to push right now because yes. they're ready to buy. Or we, we see it a lot with things like search. You know, there's certain terms that just signal intent to buy. They're, they're not buying because they searched. They're searching because they're ready to buy. Yes. It's kind of this same scenario. You are absolutely saying, I want the SMS because I'm looking for, whether it's the deal or to go back to what you said before, the value in this moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really well, and that, that holistic view, right? Of because oftentimes, you know, when and I've looked at this before too, of you send an email, go look at your direct traffic in analytics too. Yep. Right. Because how yep. many times oh, do you see me yeah. and go, let me just go search for it, right? For your organic and your, and your and your and your direct traffic. SMS is the same way, right? Of oh, I yeah. got this. Uh, I'm not ready to click on that, but you come back like four hours later and go, oh, that right. Let me go search for that company and, and do that stuff. Yeah. So again, nothing in a vacuum, but yeah, yeah. SMS is a high value channel that email marketers should own because again, you have that, yep. you're the stewards of the data and, you know, push is starting to become a bigger thing too, right? Of, you know, push yep. notifications as marketing yep. tools, things like that. I've never seen web push be particularly successful personally, but or have you know, I? Yep, yep. It's just again all these little touch points, and it takes it takes a village, right? <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes sense. I I've been trying to figure out how to sell this to clients for the last oh, year or so, and I haven't quite worked out the messaging yet. But I I grew up an analytics guy. I grew up a data guy. I was an e-commerce guy, right? So yeah. that's where I come from by trade and trading. And, you know, the thing that I've been trying to explain to people not well is that you'll really know when your marketing works when you can't tell where the sale came from, right? Because you've had so many touch points that it all just worked together to make that sale actually occur. Yeah. But nobody yeah. wants to, but nobody wants to hear that after years of, oh no, we can slice and dice an attribution modeling and we get down to the, the, I, you know, the end yeah. detail and the like. <laughs> I did a whole presentation last year on how last click sucks. And yeah. I said, it's accurate. It's accurate, but doesn't tell the whole story. Right. So, right, right, right. And then, you know, the cynical side of me goes with these multi-touch attribution platforms that usually the platform that gets the best attribution is the one that pushed for to buy it. So, you know, it's, <laughs> you know if, if the display right, yeah, team pushed sure. it up, you're getting these amazing ROASs on display and you go, wow. shocking. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Not saying you didn't do something, but sure. Of course. Of course. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Perfect. Well, Scott, I, we're coming up on the end of our time together. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I could go for another hour, frankly. This oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, 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 but, you know, what haven't we talked about that we should have? What haven't I asked you that I should have asked you? Oh, my goodness. Um, I. Yeah, I think coming back to privacy, we talked about it a little bit. It's just something oh, sure. that yeah. every email marketer is going to have to keep track of, right? So you've got, yep. you know, overseas, you've got GDPR. Um, you've got in, in, in the UK, you've got the, I'm just going to say acronyms because frankly, I don't remember what they all mean. Um, sure, of but course. But the ICO, which is yep. like pretty strict and in line with, with GDPR as well. You've got Castle in Canada, um, mm -hmm. you know, having come from, you know, telehealth, healthcare marketing background, Australia has some really interesting um, yeah. things with marketing regulations and all that. You know, if, if it's a testimonial, you can't pay them. And if you pay them, they can't oh, talk about sure. their things. And and you go like, sure, that doesn't really make sense, but okay. Um, and then, you know, I would envision, and I feel like we we say this every year as an industry, but at some point there's going to be a better national privacy law. I mean, can spam sure. doesn't really have a lot of teeth. Yeah, um, but yeah. you have, but you have. I think we're up to we'll be up to twelve or thirteen states to have specific privacy policies and laws in place by the end of twenty five. 
Um, yeah. you know, California was obviously the big one and then there's Texas that, ha- that has a big one. So at some point, it's going to kind of like be with can spam where the states did it and the federal government finally goes, okay, we need a standard here. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. And that onus is going to fall a lot on email just simply because again, yeah. if you own the data and you own the collection of data, it's going to be a big thing. So, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV, but <laughs> you know, that is something to keep an eye on for sure. And make sure that you're not, especially if you're a bigger player out there with a lot of volume, they might come after you if you're doing yeah, things. Poorly. Absolutely. So absolutely. don't disregard it. I it's, I said it earlier. It's like, we keep moving the goalposts on, yep. Yep. on everything. Like at some point, I feel like there's going to, you know, the cynical side of me goes at some point, there's going to be a breaking point where we don't know anything. And so we're just going to start going back to batch and blast. And yep. then yep. customers yep. are going to be like, what the heck? Where's personalization? It's like, we don't know anything about you. So what do you want us to do? <laughs> um, and it's going to be, which is interesting because it's antithetical to like, especially to younger generations, they will give away data left and right. If there's value to them. Absolutely. So it's, I don't right. want to we get care about privacy here, here's, but the, yeah, the no, people we care that about, complain about it are the people that aren't using it. So, right. We, we, we care about privacy. Here's a coupon for $5 off. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. We care about privacy a lot until I get that 5% discount. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Scott, this is, this has been great. I have enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, uh, again, where can people find uh, both you and uh, Inbox Army? Yeah. Uh, come. Inbox Army, you can find us at inboxarmy.com. Really, really simple. It's spelled exactly like it sounds. Um, and find me on LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com slash in slash Scott Cohen 13. Happy to connect with just about anybody. Fantastic. Not everybody, Scott but just Cohen. about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I well, have perfect. Scott, <laughs> Scott Cohen, thank you very much. Inbox Army, thank you very much. We're thrilled to talk to you, and I will uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. All right. Thanks, Tim. My thanks again to Scott Cohen of Inbox Army for joining us this week. I want to remind you that you can find the show notes for today's episode, as well as an archive of all past episodes, by going to timpeter.com slash podcast. Again, that's timpeter.com slash podcast. Just look for episode 410. Don't forget that you can click on the subscribe link in any of the episodes you find there to have Thinks Out Loud delivered to your favorite podcatcher every single week. You can also find Thinks Out Loud on Google Podcasts while it continues to exist, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are found. I would also very much appreciate it if you could provide a positive rating or review for the show whenever you use one of those services. It means so much to us and helps us build the community here at Thinks Out Loud. You can also find Things Out Loud on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com slash Associates, And you can email me by sending an email to podcast at timpeter.com. Again, that's podcast at timpeter.com. Finally, and I know I say this every week, but I want to say thank you to you for listening to the show, for tuning in every week, for subscribing, for commenting, or saying what you think about us on social. So with all that said, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. 
and I will look forward to speaking with you here on Thinks Out Loud next time. Until then, please be well, be safe, and as always, take care, everybody. Thank you.